Hi guys, welcome to the PlayStation Access podcast, the official podcast of PlayStation UK. This special episode is in celebration of The Last of Us Part 1 and was recorded as a live event where we were joined by a fabulous audience of community members at BAFTA. Thank you so much to everyone that came. So, to get in the spirit then, prepare your very best cheers, get comfy with some canapes and get ready to endure and survive as we talk all things The Last of Us Part 1. Enjoy! Dave's special mix. <laughs> Worked really hard on that. It's quite, it's quite long, that, that bit. Yeah. Yeah. You can see why podcasts yeah. are an audio medium. It's kind of weird. Didn't know what to do with ourselves. That was the most awkward movement of my body I've ever felt. <laughs> I didn't like that. It didn't like that. I've got my notes. This is also what you don't see behind the scenes. I'm very careful when I shuffle them. So, right. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I am your host, Ash Millman. This is the PlayStation Access Live Podcast. Yes. <laughs> is our live audience and if you're listening back to this that was you that was you (laughs) you were here that's really exciting and also here is dave and rob yes you looked at rob and said dave and it's throw me (laughs) i am still dave yes hello you all want amorphous blob to me (laughs) nate's in there as well somewhere that's too true uh but yeah you guys are here and usually at this point i would come up with some fun quirky name that relates to the the podcast we're doing on the last of us part one clearly we're here with all the signage that you can't see in audio format but (laughs) you can see if you're here uh we're going to be talking about the last of us part one i would usually give us you give us all some quirky names Mm. But this time, I've been left with just drawing from the Last of Us pool of icky things. Oh, good. So the best I'd got to, to line up three names for us all was Clicker, right. Stalker, oh. and Bloater. Okay. <laughs> so I, I feel like... I'm going to oh, click. Oh, and then click Clicker. I'll take, I will take Clicker. clicker. That's so fine. You can fight amongst the rest yourselves. I, I had a lot of canopies, so I think I'm going to have to take Bloater. Uh, <laughs> Just because I feel I, like it would be very I cruel. I am the stalker then, I guess. Great. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's move on. Let's Rob, move on quickly. Rob the stalker. There's that sound I thought bite. I was going to be David from The Last of Us. Oh, my God. And stalker so, and David. I'm quite glad that we didn't go there. Yeah. Well, That's you've fine. just taken it there yourself. Yes, you took, I do that a lot. You got on this ship and you steered it. I know. I'm sorry. Right, everyone. There's my... um. That's my nice little scripted preamble over. So in this, (laughs) my secrets, Uh, in this podcast, we are going to cover our usual chunks, segments, pieces of podcast fun. The main one being the main feature, aptly named (laughs) on The Last of Us Part One. We're then going to move on to an audience Q&A, question and answer, that stands for. So you guys have put some questions in very kindly. I have them in a little pile behind here. And we're going to flick through, ask some questions, answer them as well. I hope so. There's plenty to be done. Yeah. Uh, And then we're going to move on to some gameplay from David himself. Oh, I can't believe you've brought this up already. I'm actually, this is why I'm nervous, everyone. Yeah. Um, (laughs) We've watched him practice it a lot. He's practicing it before it went really well. Rob, you turned to me and said, I really thought we'd be better at this. <laughs> did you really say that? Did you really say that? <laughs> you did really say that, didn't you? <laughs> okay. It wasn't there. 
<laughs> I also have encouraged lots of people who I've chatted to tonight. Thank you so much for coming and chatting with me. But also encourage lots of them to heckle you when we play as well. What? I want to hear some heckling. Hey, when I we think go we're going to a bit fine. Poor, poor Dave. <laughs> I'll fall apart. I will lie. Okay. I will, I will start lying. If, I'm uh, fine. I'm fine. With, with nerves. Yeah. So no, we'll, we'll have a very calm and, and collected gameplay section, Thank which you. Dave has practiced and is good at. So we will do that. And then we're going to go on to more stuff. There'll be a little before you go, which I've made a little bit spicier for you guys. Oh, but really? first, usually I would say, what's new in a fun and jazzy way? But this time I have a different question, which is, where's Rosie? That is a good question. Where's Rosie? Where is Rosie? I don't know. Maybe you should try giving her a ring. You know, Ash. I think you're right, Rob. <laughs> well, wow, my phone's here. This doesn't seem scripted so at you. all. Oh. <laughs> this is... Very natural thing to happen. We are live, but people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rosie. Hey guys, I'm so sorry I'm going to be late. I'll be there ASAP, but I just saw a free roaming giraffe and I had to go say hello because you know free roaming giraffes are a common thing in this area. Oh hey, look, it's Nathan. Hi Nathan. Nathan over here. God, it's been so long since I've seen him. Oh, he's so happy to see me. He's rushing over. Isn't this nice? No, no, Nathan, Nathan. <laughs> I can't have a hug, Nathan. I've got to go to London. Nathan! Oh, can you save me some canapes? <laughs> oh, for God's sake. There's definitely no canapes left. No. Is anyone else slightly concerned that they have actually seen Nathan tonight? Um, yeah, Nathan's somewhere I mean, he here. didn't look well, but uh, <laughs> I didn't know his, he'd progressed yeah. so, quite so severely. That's well, I tell you what, talking about progressing. Yes, shall we? Let's progress onto the main feature. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and there's that sting. Yes. So it's time for the main feature. We're here now. Everyone, so I'm going to ask you a big question to begin with. This is just the discussion time, so we're going to discuss. What were your first impressions of The Last of Us Part 1? This beautiful, gorgeous, amazing, emotional game. I've just given all the first impressions. <laughs> uh, what, were your, what were your first impressions? Oh, it's such, a, it's such a big question. I mean, like, you really have nailed the initial one, I think, which is just, yeah. it looks insane. Um, it looks absolutely incredible. And... Um, Right from the off, I mean, li literally, uh, this is so stupid, and I feel like a bit of an idiot for saying this, but I say stupid things, like the, the just the menu screen. And it's so iconic. Yes, yeah. Um, and I'd kind of forgotten, like, I'd kind of forgotten or hadn't fully realised, like, what The Last of Us meant to me. Mm. And so I was going back to play The Last of Us part where I was excited, and then, like, the menu screen came up, and it's just, like, it looks so amazing. And that beautiful, like, uh, you know, the curtain fluttering in the wind, and I was just, like, suddenly reminded of everything. And then just revisiting it, like every detail now, I don't know, it feels like new to my eyes. I know, Rob, that you like, you've been, <laughs> I was going to say, you've been enjoying Sarah's bedroom, which sounds weird, <laughs> but the detail in Sarah's bedroom is like, it is amazing. Insane. And when you're talking about first impressions, like that is, that is, the, that's the first place you go in the game, right? And I, I have a thing, I like exploring bedrooms in video games. <laughs> This because. really isn't helping after we've called you stalker at the beginning yeah, and you're right, like, I yeah. love exploring a bedroom. But seriously, though, uh, I do, and I do think Naughty Dog is especially good at creating bedrooms that are incredibly fun to explore because they... <laughs> no, but so, really. This is a serious <laughs> point I'm trying to make. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've derailed this. This is um, a serious point. <laughs> because the game does not have long 
to get you emotionally invested so into these characters. And well, I, I hope everybody in here has, has played The Last of Us. I'm not about to spoil a massive thing. But like the, the opening 10 minutes is very memorable. And the game does not have long to get you emotionally invested into those characters and then for it to, to pull the narrative rug from under your feet <clears> in, in the way that it does, for you to feel that moment, for it to be so impactful, like they have to make you feel for these characters straight away. Yeah. And the way they do that, for me, uh, it's one of the most incredible bits of environmental storytelling, I think, Sarah's bedroom at the beginning. Um, I want to give a big shout out to the beanbag as well. <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing that beanbag in 2013 on PS3 and thinking, oh my God, that's like the best beanbag I've ever bean seen bag. in a video game. <laughs> Probably the only beanbag I've ever seen in a video game as well. Uh, and I was very excited to see that on PS5. But then that sort of led me around Sarah's bedroom and you get to see all of the little things. That, and these are all optional things as well. You don't have to look at these. You could plow on with the story. Um, it's quite a, you know, that moment in the story, is you're quite panicked. It's quite frenzied. Yeah. You don't know where Joel is. Um, Sarah's just woken up. Uh, but if you take the time to explore her bedroom, you get little bits of insight into her personality. <clears throat> uh, there's like a birthday card that she's written for Joel. Um, it has like a dinosaur on it. And it has like a, I can't remember exactly what it says, but it's like, oh, you're not extinct yet, Dad, or something like <laughs> that. And it's just a little insight into Sarah's sense of humor. Um, you see like football shirts and a football in the corner. So, you know, you know she likes football. There's like posters of... Uh, bands on the wall and then you go exploring like the wider house and like you feel so you see things in that house I think everyone can see something in that house that they sort of recognize from their own house and it immediately grounds you into normality and you're like oh that's just like my bathroom rug or <laughs> oh look at the way the banisters look look at the sound of the creaking and the corridor like it feels so normal I love this it's like a sense of trepidation in the air yeah. like immediately bang here's normality here are these characters you already know about them you already care about them and then smack it like it hits yeah. you with an absolute emotional <laughs> sledgehammer and that scene like everyone remembers that scene from 2013 but going back to it on ps5 everything elevated like the facial animation elevated like the emotions that you can see in the characters faces that scene has yeah. hit harder on PS5 than it's ever hit for me. And I agree. So and as, as a first impression, it was harrowing, but like an incredible experience. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I love the thought of you looking at the creaking floorboards whilst there's a bunch of clickers outside. Mm. Like, and Joel's there wrestling <laughs> with the neighbour going, oh, God. We were talking about this, though, weren't we? It's like it's part of the joy of... of revisiting the game is like the first time we played it, I think we were saying, what the, when we played The Last of Us for the yeah. first time, we kind of embodied Sarah like her panic and we're just like where, where is Joel where where is dad and sort of ran through it and it's been really great like with this elevated detail to take the time I knew and I think um a little bit kind of um you know I knew what was coming next and so kind of luxuriated in just a little bit a little moment of normality because uh, her life is going to change quite substantially in the next sort of five minutes and it was like it was peaceful and nice and to dis to learn about their lives like you said yeah. ahead of 
the narrative taking hold. Yeah, I'm not here to just be goofy, but like, no, uh, but like, uh, <laughs> the first thing I did when I was in there was just look in the mirror and go, whoa, yes, because it's like <laughs> it looks, it looks so good. Like the, it, it's literally another Sarah. Like in so many video games, it's a mirror. Yeah, <laughs> there's a thing though, right? Ooh. <laughs> like in video games, you do. That's one of the things you do. You yes. check if you've got feet. You check if you've got a reflection in <laughs> yeah. the mirror. Yeah, like, like so many video game characters are vampires, or they have like these like misty <laughs> dark yeah. reflections. Or the mirror's broken is the classic one. Like I was playing a horror game recently where just every mirror was smashed, and I was like, "Come on, let me check myself out." Um, and being able to see that in the Last of Us Part One, that the amount of detail that goes into your reflection and how it is literally the same thing—it doesn't need to be there. Like there doesn't need to be a mirror; it could just be paintings or pictures or other things that kind of solidify Sarah's room. Yeah. Um, they've put this full-length mirror in there, and you can like see her outfit. She's in her pajamas. She's like, "Right, what's up?" And you can just kind of like. <laughs> go back and forth in the mirror because um, I was just blown away by that like my first impression was oh my god the graphics and then oh my god the reflective graphics like, <laughs> it's really really good and really really impressive can I just drop in with one more first impression you very quick one picking up the notes. I know it's, and it's like I suppose you only have quite... one first impression that's true <laughs> hey, he's got me there yeah <laughs> No, move on. No, it's very quick and it's it's kind of personal to me, really. So enjoy everybody. But like uh, uh, the other first thing you see on the menu screen is the Left Behind DLC. Yeah. Uh, and I, I've not played the Left Behind DLC. Oh, more for and you. So more I, for you, I know, bro. but also I feel smug that I, <laughs> yeah. you know, now that's the next thing I'm going to do. And I'm like kind of terrified and excited in equal uh, parts, which is it feels like something that only The Last of Us can do. Those yeah. That terrified and... Enchanted, kind yeah. of by it. It's amazing. I do like this. I made a little joke to you earlier about talking about the the Left Behind DLC because it's Halloween themed. I oh, for God's sake! I would argue it's got. Well, there's a Halloween theme within, so oh. you know. I think maybe, maybe, okay. maybe we we could look into that. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move along. When you're saying only one first impression. <laughs> so the next question I've got down, um, just to go on from that, is if what have your what have been your favourite things to rediscover? Like your first impression when you first see this game is mind-blowing and seeing all the different things that have kind of been implemented and improved and how you can interact with them is incredible. But what have you thought, oh my God, seeing this, I can't wait to get back to this or I can't wait to, to see this or if a discovery that you've mm. made separate to the original game's influence. I'll allow it all. <laughs> I think it's, uh, it's really difficult because um, there's so much in like... Again, I'd, I'd kind of forgotten what a special place this story held in my heart until I started playing it. But uh, outside of that, one thing I was really, and I'm going to re regret saying this given what's happening later on, but I was really looking forward to the combat because I think that the gameplay, yes, I know, I've gone there. The, the gameplay, the combat gameplay is just brilliant. It's like, it's so good. And, why, and I think it's so good because somehow they have nailed the feeling of being like, not completely in control of being a survivor. You know, like Joel is not kind of like some sort of expert hardened SAS guy who yeah. is a dab hand with a weapon. You know, he's like a normal guy who has had to survive and has picked up those skills, sure, but he's still not like, you know, uh, like uh, some kind of um, commando. And uh, the, like the little touches they put in, the sway on the on the reticule and things, yeah. the, it makes it so easy to miss. It makes it so easy to miss everyone, okay? If it goes <laughs> so easy. Um, and But that's not the end of it. Like they give you all these options that you can still think on your feet you can still survive it's like the the dna of joel's character is in that gameplay like what it is him like you are playing as him um 
having to think on your feet, having to make do with what you find around. Just improvise. I think if you can't improvise, you know, then the combat probably gets a, a lot more difficult. And I'm, I don't know that I can, <laughs> but I enjoy that it's like, it's so, it feels so right. It yeah. feels so right for the character. I think what The Last of Us Part 1 and The Last of Us series in general is a masterclass in is claustrophobic, difficult situations that are lucky to get through. And Joel says it himself, like he's like, that was luck and it's going to run out. And that's my Joel impression. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was luck and it's going to run out. And I always think that embodies the whole combat throughout the series. Like, even if you are like, you know, dying a lot when you are playing or that your gameplay reflects a lot of deaths, that's because the one time you do make it through is like the most lucky scenario that you can get where everything works right. And no matter how hard you try, the game's AI is so smart that it changes every time yeah, as well. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter how you approach it. It's going to be different and it's going to be difficult and it's going to be in your face and tight and uncomfortable and things will come at you and you'll have to just push them off and then try and like shoot them to get them away. I just think the combat is so delicious. Just to riff off your point, because yeah. it's like, it's, oh, it's just so thought about and it doesn't feel fun in the same way that being master of the guns would be. No. It feels fun in the way of, oh my God, I'm enduring and surviving. There's like a, a huge sense of relief after an encounter yeah, rather than yeah. a kind of like, you know, yeah. uh, like a God feeling. It's yeah. like, you know, it's that's, like, that's my favorite bit. The, the relief. Afterwards. The yeah. relief. Uh, <laughs> but the, the, to sort of carry on from that, the bit I was most looking forward to, and I think The Last of Us Part Two absolutely nailed this, uh, was the urban exploration. Uh, but coming back to The Last of Us Part One now, um, because you're absolutely right, those combat sequences in the game are so tense. I don't think there's a game that if, as effectively puts you in the position of the protagonists um, as The Last of Us Part One. Like you feel... You feel the desperation, you feel the panic all the time. So when those combat sequences end and you get through, you're like, oh, thank goodness for that. Um, and then you go around exploring the environment. That's the bit I really like. Yeah. Uh, and there's, there's a, a load of... And if you know The Last of Us really well and you come back to The Last of Us Part 1, I think you especially will appreciate some of the extra little environmental storytelling touches that have gone into The Last of Us Part 1. There's stuff in there that wasn't in the original game. Um, just little bits of extra story. And again, this is sort of all optional stuff. Um, but just exploring that, um, feeling immersed in that world, rummaging around in drawers and picking up sellotape and bits of scissors. And I love that stuff. Absolutely yeah. love it. Um, you know, the satisfaction of the noise when you're like crafting a shiv. Oh, that the little noise. sellotape noise. Like, or the, um, the nail it. bomb. The and nail bomb like, is the best yeah. bomb. When you've got the haptic feedback in it as well, like one of my favourite things is like the little tiny subtle bits of haptic feedback. So when you put the bandage on in The Last of Us Part 1, it's really hard to describe what it feels, but it feels like putting on a bandage. <laughs> and you go like, go like that and there's a little kind of, a little rip at the end. Yeah. And a little, just a, a tiny subtle little rip goes through mm. the dual sense. It just feels so cool. And you just feel like it, all of these tiny little things sort of come together to sort of elevate everything that was good about the original game and just make it even more immersive. And that's the bit I like the most, is just exploring the beauty of this yeah. ruined world that they've created because it does have a sort of a bleak beauty to it. And I can't I get, I can't what? get it. It's gorgeous. I, yeah, it I don't even think it's bleak. Like I think seeing like buildings melancholy. covered Huh? Melancholy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Melancholy, yes. But I think I think bleak 
I would argue against just because it it's so oh, breathtaking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! I just think it's so breathtaking. Like I think it's beautiful. Like imagine if you if you went outside now and saw a building just covered in leaves, you'd be like, wow. Bleak. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so true. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I you know, I think we'll probably talk a lot tonight about how amazing it. We will looks. talk a lot. But really, like I, I've always loved the uh, the exploration they did of nature reclaiming the world yeah. and it does feel it feels so like vibrant this i don't know it's really really caught me off guard just coming out and and obviously with photo mode now you can just like <gasps> you can pause and this, you can look this is what i you've teed me up perfectly yes, but you, you use photo mode for evil i do <laughs> oh my god my see the whatsapp chat <laughs> oh yeah just disgusting. full of close-up <laughs> gross Clips. Photo mode photos of just like the inside of people's faces. Oh my god! <laughs> Literally, it's so good. I've I oh I went in thinking I'm really excited to see a clicker again because my favourite part of The Last of Us is the monsters, as it is with most games. I love seeing kind of where what dark place of imagination that someone conjures a monster from. And they're so iconic, clickers yeah. in particular, I think. These little mushroom men, like, that's when you think of, like, when you think of the Cordyceps virus being, like, a mushroom and then you see a clicker, you're like, whoa, fungus is really bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, it, it's it's so cool seeing them. So I really wanted to get in their face and see the, the super detailed additions to them with this yeah. new graphical overhaul. So I went into photo mode when I found my first one. I was like, oh, let's take a picture and zoomed right in. And it's like, it's intense. Like you can see every nook and cranny and crevice. I'm going to post some pictures on Twitter at some point. So you'll see. They're disgusting. Um, you can see all <laughs> of the, the, the nook and crannies. <laughs> but every time I, I ran into an infected, like a click, the bloaters were my favorite to take pictures of. Oh my God. Um, every time I ran into one, I was having a photo shoot with them like I'm putting on <laughs> And I was getting, I've got this can great Can you just stop one. right there? I just, just before, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you can kill me, but I do need a photo. The kill shots, <laughs> the kill shots are the best ones because so much work has been put in. Right, my favourite death in a video game ever, which is a weird thing to say, but it's something I've got to hand, is Joel's face being ripped open by a bloater because the first time I saw it, I was like, oh my God, that's horrific. That's disgusting. How is someone animated thing <laughs> because it happens so fast and it's such a flash in the pan and you see like his eye pop slightly and then being able to do it in photo mode if you catch it at the right time you can get the, the death shot in photo mode and it's disgusting like I've got so many of the same picture from different places <laughs> I don't necessarily. You can see uh, his bloodied gums. I think it's cool though, right? Because Naughty Dog, one of the th one of the other things they're well known for is incredible attention to detail. Yeah, it's amazing. Going above and beyond the things they don't really need. If I was in charge of making the game, I'd be like, you know, don't worry about the beanbag. You know, don't spend. Time <laughs> Do you really need to see all the tendrils inside the eye? Let's you know, yes. Worry about Who's going to see that? It's like, me. No me. one's going to be <laughs> in and looking at photo mode of that. But they have done. Yeah. yeah. And. The fact that that stuff in there is in there, I think, is also a testament to the yeah. the craft and the care that has gone into this game. I Can I highlight one quick thing about photo mode that's really cool is that there's a little frame forward button. So if you <gasps> yeah. do pause it and you're like, oh, is that the perfect moment of uh, Joel being ripped into? Like you can frame forward and it will yeah. just do the next bit of animation. So it's really good. Uh, I'm, I don't condone Ash's. Uh, it's so fun. Photo book of horrors. Literally, I, I did just on a tangent slightly, I was uploading all of my screenshots to a drive because I was like, I've taken so many of just horrible things. Like people's heads popping because the blood, like you can get it on the on the image as well like it's really really detailed um, so <laughs> I thought I'll upload my pictures to the drive and I had to look at how many I'd taken it was 150 <laughs> 
from various different infected and people getting popped. I'm concerned, Rob. I'm slightly concerned. It's usually me on the receiving end of this kind. Do you want to swap seats? <laughs> I'm all right here, thanks. Genuinely, we'll get Dave to do um, a, a photo mode shot. We'll oh. see, Ash. We'll see. No, no, no. We'll You'll find something gross and it'll be great because it's it's so detailed. And like, I know, yeah, again, I'm not here to be just goofy. Like, it is, it is really, really cool and intense. And I feel like the infected are such a wonderful reflection of the graphical overhaul. Like, it feels real. Like, literally, you could go out and touch that clicker out there on his little chest hair. Not supposed to touch it. Okay, well, I... <laughs> You uh, you could go out there and look at the ch- clicker chest closely. hair. That, look at it closely without your fingers, um, and it would it would fe- it feels like literally the image you've got on screen. I'm blown away by it, and that's why I've been so obsessed with it. I think like I should also say you can use photo mode for good, and we we did um, we were just looking. It is like all about the detail ultimately, and yeah. we were just looking at uh, looking at it, using it to read like the spines of books and things. Yeah, and looking yeah, for yeah. little Easter eggs everywhere, and it's like it's it's. It's just really good, isn't it's it? So it's so good, and it, it is worth like Naughty Dog put so much detail in. It's nice to be able to kind of properly immerse yourself that and cele- and celebrate it. Yeah, <laughs> just thinking about all the pictures I've taken. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> What's the next bit? The next <laughs> Come on. So I kind of want to move on to what The Last of Us kind of means and the emotional beats that we've hit with it personally. So I think the question I'd like to ask you next is how does it feel to return to the story after nearly a decade has passed? Like just in brief sweeping comments, you know. Be quick. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got more questions to ask. Um but I'd look just like uh, kind of like I think there's so much you can talk about with this, but I'd love to know overall what does it mean coming back to this after uh, 10 years? Oh, it's a really difficult question to answer. I think it's quite it's it's a big subject. I think more than anything like I just started the game and instantly felt like really excited and to be back like it I didn't realize again I've said this several times like how much it meant to me and like I felt this sense of trepidation and also joy and excitement and I was looking forward to bits uh, and I was also worried about reaching those same parts and like how am I going to feel this time um and uh, but more than anything I think it's that the story hasn't like it doesn't feel like it's aged at all you know it's it's it, it hits Maybe even harder now. I don't know. It's and and I do think that that is partly down to the facial animations, which yeah. I will riff on forever. They are so good, and they've got so much subtlety. In they obviously ha- always had these incredible performances. Yeah. Um, but now with the facial animations and the characters, like I can't wait for everybody to see it because it's like, it just it just hits harder. It's it's crazy. Um, but the story itself is just it's still so good. It feels timeless. Um, and I think that was not a surprise but like it's just it's just reignited everything i felt about the last of us yeah um which has been really lovely yeah i think it's quite a big question isn't it and then uh, everyone's personal situation is going to have changed since 2013 i think um like i've become a dad in that time and i imagine quite a lot of people have become <coughs> a parent in that time and that obviously for people who've played the game will give you a very obvious sort of um, emotional connection to certain aspects of it. And there are, you know, it's not just that opening scene. Um, and again, I'm sort of talking around it because you know, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who's in this room who still hasn't played the game. Um, but there are things that happen in the game. There are choices that your character makes in the game that nine years ago I'd have been like, oh, I'd, you know, it makes you feel uneasy. Yeah. And now... Um, just because of 
what I've been through in the last 10 years, like it's sort of given me a different perspective on those moments and maybe like a different level of empathy with certain characters. I'm talking around it a lot, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> I, I you know what I mean? I think you have to, yeah. I think you have to. I, I think for me, um, I love loved just the best experience with The Last of Us Part 2 in the worst way if that makes sense because yeah. it's so emotionally harrowing um, I've spoke about it before about just like playing The Last of Us Part 2 and then afterwards literally needing like a three hour cry break because I, <laughs> I kept thinking about everything and going oh god because I'd like I'd played it all of it, all 24 hours of it in two days and was like, oh my God, this is just too much. And then after having that really intense emotional experience and going back to part one and seeing all the, oh, it's literally, it makes me, I feel emotional again because thinking about the way that it's all <laughs> been laid out and like all the seeds that have been sown and things that people will say, like things that Ellie says and things that Joel says and things that other characters say to Joel in particular, like, again, not to s spoil anything, especially if you're re-experiencing it, to catch it yourself is really interesting. But there's a, a one of the last things that Bill says to Joel, um, really like, oh, I was like, oh, man, come on. Oh! <laughs> Watching it all unfold in a map before me. Um, but even just Ellie talking about how great a shot she is with a with a with her bow and arrow um, and, and Joel not trusting her with the bow and arrow and then later in, as the game goes on um, just uh, you know she gets more more better with weapons yeah. yes. uh, and then in part two you've got like all these iconic shots it's just it really it really has like stirred something up in me and I don't think I could put my finger exactly on what other than it is a story of human emotions and this game is so full of hope and joy and kind of looking to the future despite it's really quite aggressively dark packaging compared to the part two as well which is really about a game about hate is what the, the classic phrase is um to go back to this kind of lighter brighter things could be okay moment and to know how it all goes it just makes me sick like it makes me so sick it's it's so powerful genuinely it's a great fun game though isn't it oh <laughs> once you get photo mode yeah. on in it's all you gone better with a bit all of photo mode yeah it. it's all forgotten yeah um i think i kind of want to ask you as well like what emotional moments have hit the hardest for you outside of the ending but that might be a bit spoilerific so if you can say so without spoilers please also, do. i feel a bit emotionally drained after that conversation <laughs> <laughs> I, you can I, you can just say no, Ash. I don't want to answer. I, th I think um, I, I, well, one I, I there was one that caught me off guard. I think it's interesting because you know it's just an interesting to go back and replay this game and or, or play the past part one for the first time. But with these new facial animations, as I said, I don't know if that's why or if it's just that I'm catching different bits this time around. But um, just there was one moment quite early on that just sort of caught me off guard. I love how offhand it is. That's the thing about it. And it's just where Ellie first meets Joel and mm. she says, oh, your watch is broken. And like, <laughs> yeah, it's just like, <laughs> wow, that's such an incredible moment. And I do think it's the way he doesn't really react. And I think it must be the facial animations now. Like he just, he, he there's like a subtle kind of like a, you can see like the you know the past twenty years or whatever is Twitch, like flash through his past eyes. Twenty years twitching in his eyes. And, how and, good it, the and then it's gone. And, she, <laughs> and, and Ellie's so offhand about it, and like anyway, and she doesn't know anything about this yet. And it's just, um, I think that that's the there's a real joy in that. Like all the as you said, joy. No, joy. But in like finding these different moments that I didn't expect, you know, to to hit. It's like um, as you say, particularly having played 
part two. Yeah. It puts a, uh, not a completely different spin on things, but everything has a different kind of a weight and lands slightly differently. And yeah. um, for some reason, that moment especially just really. Oh, it's got a right me. kicker, isn't it? It's like, Ellie, shut up. Like, <laughs> yeah, you don't know, oh, man. Oh, man. You don't know what I've been through in the past 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it is stressful. Rob, I know you said you're feeling a bit emotionally drained. So I'm going to move on to our next question for you, which I'd like you to open with. Okay. Which is if you were in the world of The Last of Us, what would your survival plan be? Now, I've got some some points if you want to bounce off one of those which is like Bill's a lone wolf you can have a horrible gang like the hunters <laughs> you can have a sewer utopia like ish <laughs> you can live in Jackson with Maria and Tommy or you can do your own thing imagination well baby. that would be I think that would be the the ultimate goal would be to live in a nice place <laughs> a nice yeah I mean of all the options that, place, that, that right. sounded quite that was, yeah that wasn't yeah, that but would you have be to, that would be the plan there. you have to get there and you have to uh, work and you have to like farm horses the initial <laughs> the initial strategy would definitely be to probably get together a group of no larger than maybe two or three people that, that's how many you could yeah because you don't want to be and also could we be in wait a minute you, are these people you know and trust or yes or? that's right. crucial but also <laughs> Who's the all three is what I want to know. I would have to make sure that they were people that if push came to shove. Oh, no. I I could be in a fight as well. (laughs) (laughs) You've got to be prepared to go alone. I think. Like, you can't trust anyone in that kind of world. Like, we've all seen all the shows. Like, as soon as you come, like, the the, the humans are the bad guys. Yes. Maybe the infected are bad enough, but they don't know what they're doing. They're just, they're just, you know. Are you telling us you'd be the bad guys? Is that? No. I'd just be be doing my best to to survive. The ultimate goal would be to get to a a settlement like Jackson, which has some sort of degree of civilization going. An integrate? Yeah. Or overrun? integrate <laughs> <laughs> and then over and then over yes that's right from the inside yeah i would uh, i would go big group big group blend in don't make too much noise don't stand out you know just just yes sure so yeah. yes is, man which one of the henchmen could i get you a drink rob no problems and oh not, then... not this again no, <laughs> oh my gosh that would be my survival plan is to become the most average person ever just like no one you don't even get seen People just look past you. Not too strong, not too weak, not too... Doesn't that mean you're going to be the first to be, like... No, eaten? I think I'll be middle to be eaten. <laughs> and that's good enough. That's like, I, I've like given you, up. I'm like going to die. It's approach to a full guy's level, is it? You just stay in the middle. Middle of the pack. And hope that the round ends before the bad thing happens to middle you. Middle of the road. That's basically <laughs> been my whole plan. Oh, wow. Actually. Wow. Okay. Nice, guys. How what would you, you do, then? Ah, ah, I think I would just... Go in wailing. I absolutely would want to. I'd want to. I think I would stock up on a lot of weaponry, handmade, uh, and... And and see what I could do with it. Like the melee fighting in the last of us part one is the best is the best part. So I'd be like, um, no. But seriously, I think I would hide out. I'd make a little house. I'd board it all up. I'd make a cat sanctuary full of little, <laughs> like I'd get in all the stray cats. Be like, come, come. And then you've got then you've got company and food. Oh my uh, god. <laughs> If that <laughs> is, come on, I'm telling Toasty. Yeah, don't is. tell Toasty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, you, you, I would think I would have a little house in the in the distance, um, in the countryside, full of little cats. 
Well, I didn't know this was an option because I, yeah, that sounds all right as well. Yeah, okay. right. Well, I think my, my favourite, like, actual plan in The Last of Us is ish in the sewers, like, genuinely, like... It seems very good until it goes very bad. Well, it's all environmental storytelling, so you don't actually know what happens to them unless you read all of the pages. And I say read all of the pages because it ends differently than you think. Ah. Um, but that ish kind of came to shore. Um, this is like a big, like, book reference as well. Ish came to shore from a boat and then went into the sewers and just lived in the sewers and, like, saw some people outside and was like, do you want to come in my sewer? And then set <laughs> up, like, a utopia. And it's just... I would want to do that. I'd want to live in the sewer utopia because it's so easily defended. You'd be like a little rat going around everywhere. Like, I think I it's mean, good. it is. It does make sense. As sewers go, it, it seems lovely. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair. I just think it, I think I would thrive. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would. Th- I think we'd be good as a little a little group though as well. I think we would. Um, wouldn't be good for me, I don't think. No, you could be the you could be the middle because me, be like, me and Rob oh, would be either end. You'd be like, I just pull his eye out a bit further, Rob. I've almost I've almost got it. Just a little <laughs> bit further. Just That's look good how we make our money in the wasteland. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Right. Well, my other question of many, is when you are in encounters, talking about making melee weapons and absolutely wailing on things, are you stealth-oriented or are you action-oriented when you go into these games? Well, The Last of Us, especially. Stealth. <laughs> oh, okay. Not out of, like, a good strategy, just out of fear. Like, I, I get so... Like, I feel the panic so much. Whenever when you go into a room and it's dark and all you can hear is that, that noise that the clickers make. You just hear it. <laughs> Yeah, very good. Yeah, it, honestly, it sets I panic so much. Like it makes me panic so much. And so, there are encounters in The Last of Us where I have taken a long, long time to do them oh, because God. for like literally twenty minutes, I'll just be hiding behind a bookcase at the beginning, trying to work out a pattern of where everything in the room is going. And they never go the same way. There's, 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 <laughs> they're all so random. Um, and so, you know, stealth. But it often goes wrong. Like, you go, you go in with a shiv, you maybe get a couple of them, then you often, you know, you alert the others, and then it's, it's stealth, and then it's running away. Stealth, <laughs> running away, like, blindly shooting, panic. And like you said earlier, whenever I make it through an encounter in The Last of Us, I'm not thinking, oh, yeah, I did really well there. <laughs> yeah. Great play, Rob. <laughs> I'm basically thinking, oh, flipping heck, thank God that's over. Thank God that's over. Um, <laughs> Go and find some sellotape. So, yeah. You can't go in. You can't go in all guns blazing, I don't think. Maybe you can. Maybe you do, Dave. No, I don't. I I would be surprised if anyone just went in all guns blazing only because, I don't know, it doesn't feel... You can't. I, well, you, you, could, you, can. you could, you could, you oh, can. Let me oh, tell you, you yeah, can. Hang on, of course, I forgot Change who I'm on stage with. Change the difficulty to very light. But I, I, I go in stealthy as well, but I l- kind of like it when it goes wrong. Because that, like I said earlier, I think that is the most... Fun, if, I guess that's like when you get to that. You've got to, th- you've got to react. You've got to think on game. your feet, and I think sometimes you just a little plan suddenly comes together, or you think, oh god, I've got a nail bomb, and I'll just I'll chuck that over there, or you just have a slight bit of prescience or something. It's I don't know. I I I always start stealthy, um, and inevitably I will just mess something up, which and then I quite enjoy it when it when it goes loud. I think I I like. I'm going to do some compliments now. Rob, I think you're a very good stealthy player and I oh, enjoy you. seeing your machinations as you go through thank the sneaking. You. And Dave, when I see you play, you're a very trap-heavy person, so you use like the Molotovs and albums, and I think you think very carefully about those and what's like the best area and stuff. So it's really interesting to watch you both play. 
And what about you? And now I'm great. <laughs> yes. Uh, now me. Um, no, I'm. I'm just very. I. I enjoy close combat in games. Like my favorite thing is melee weapons. It's shotguns. It's things where I can get in someone's face and do loads of damage straight away. I like. I like being able to one shot something. So I will play a lot riskier to be able to deal loads of damage. Go like dooch, dooch. Like as everything's. <laughs> that's a good example. Uh, as everything's coming at me, and then like have like my two shivs attached to the end of my pipe and just smack someone up um i think that part of the last of us as well is so fun to see because it, it really like the game gets in your face every opportunity so to get in its face back i'm like hell yeah like it's good yeah i i, I do think like uh, i don't know if, if things go like i will try and do it later like i like yeah. to save up a big melee finish it yeah. feels like i don't know it's it um it just feels it feels right it does feel good and the the, the close combat is insanely good yeah and it's, like it's I so said crunchy. I will mess up my arrow shot and then it will yeah. <laughs> they'll all be very close I so. I, I, I like just a confession I I don't think I remembered my bow until the end of the game because <laughs> I was just I'd been I'd been shotgunning I'd been using my revolver my pistol the like the the little hand shotgun as well yeah so good like I just think all of the weapons feel different with the adaptive triggers and haptic feedback as well. Yeah. Um, so to be able to like move through all of your weapons and, and feel like the weight of them and the heft of them and, and what they can do in your hands. Yes. Yes. That's my, yes. That's yes. me playing. Yes. <laughs> playing The Last of Us. Yeah. Well, it's, it's 8.45. And you know what that means? I don't. Please tell me. It means page two. Page two. Oh my God. <laughs> this is big. What have you got under there? So this is the end of the main feature, and we're now going to move on to the audience Q and A. So first of all, how is everyone doing? Are you enjoying the the PlayStation Access Live podcast? Yay! Oh, I love this power. It's good. <laughs> now I have had some lovely questions submitted by you guys this evening in my little pack here. Um, I also have some questions from the internet, a.k.a. the fans Discord as well. You can't ask them yet. We, you're forgetting the important oh bit. Oh, my God. I totally forgot. The important bit. It's right there, Ash. So Come on. I literally wrote it down. <laughs> Has anyone here listened to the PlayStation Access podcast before? Yeah. Oh my Good. God, I know what you're talking so, about. Yeah. It's a bit that we usually do that we're not doing today, which is comments of the week. We'll yeah. be seeing the comments of the week song. I'm, near, this is, I'm more nervous about this. Let's, yeah. do an Let's do an example of the comments of the week so that people know. Right, you, you first, Dave. So it's usually four people. Is this usually a stitch-up? No, we're going to do it. <laughs> you promise? Yeah, it's going to be good. No, we've got a plan for this. Okay. We just didn't tell no, you. I start? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. You, can you just you, start? You've got to start and you've got to finish yeah. it. Well, you've got to be rosy at the end. Yeah. Oh, God. All right. So it's going to go you, me, Ash, you. Okay. Let's All do right. it. Okay. <clears throat> so this is what usually happens. Yeah. I can't make eye contact with any of you. It's time. It's time. It's time for, for comments, comments of, of the week. week. <laughs> yes. yes. Today, today we're going to do it's time for the audience Q&A. Yeah. And there oh. are only three of us. So we would like the fourth person to be you. Yeah. <laughs> so. Will you sing with us? <laughs> <laughs> this Please. is going to be great. This is going to work. So this is going to work. It is. <laughs> so it's going to go. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for the audience Q and A, and yes. it's going to be. I don't, I don't think it's any the. I think it should be for audience Q and A. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, we're going <laughs> to keep doing it <laughs> until we get it right. <laughs> so Dave's going to start. Okay. Come on. We can do this. 
It's time. It's time for the audience Q and A. Yeah, that was good. That was great. I think another. Nailed I think it. another. I think it was Nailed a bit it. messy. No, it was good. I want to <laughs> tighten it. I want to tighten those rivets. No, it's fine. We got it. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> Right, I make people are like, yes, we got it. Yeah. Please tell her we got it. It's not often Dave puts like the foot down, so <laughs> I'll accept it. Right, sh show, shall we begin yes. with these questions? So, lovely, lovely, lovely audience. There are ticks on these for if you are happy to come up and read your question, or stand up and read your question, I should say. So, Mike is going to come to you in the audience. Yes. That's the plan. So, I'm just checking that we've got loads of ticks. There's a couple without ticks, so I won't call on you. But first of all, we've got... Tom Wicks. There's Tom, Tom Wicks. Wicks. I hope you can remember your question. We didn't think about people remembering that. I question. have it written down. <laughs> I have it written down. I, I, was, I was thinking the same. Um, so I think I asked, uh, what is the game you most regret quitting and never going back to? Ooh. Oh, God, that's like a good Oh, Tom, can we start with someone else? This is... <laughs> yeah, I didn't read what the question was. <laughs> <laughs> What's the For game? For me, originally Bloodborne. But then I did eventually go back to it. Yeah. Oh, humble brag. Got <laughs> <laughs> platinum, didn't you? Yeah. Um, but at the moment, it's Elden Ring. Oh, my God. I was going to say Elden Ring. You can't have my answer. Oh, sorry. But that is my answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, do you like, think he'll go back to it? I really hope so. I suck at it so much. <laughs> I'm so bad at it. Like, I've beaten, I've beaten one boss at the back of a cave. Like not even a real boss, like a little a little werewolf dog thing. It was really well, easy. Steve, you've met Steve. And like, <laughs> whenever I play, I just, I go around, I butt up against something a little bit difficult, I run away like I do, and I go and try and find something else. I just never seem to make any progress. And it, it makes me sad because I know how amazing it is and I see everyone else enjoying it and oh, like it's the best, one of the best games ever made. Um, but at the moment, it's just, you know, all the other games are coming out. I'm like, yes, I'll play this first. I'll play. I'll, I'll play this now, and I might go back to the El to Elden Ring eventually. But realistically, I know it, I know that unless I am forced to do it, <clears throat> I probably won't. And I, I regret it. I regret it massively. I think you will. I I have also quit Elden Ring and not quite finished it. And um, is this going to be the Have we got a triple? No, no. I was just, I was actually just going to say like, oh, I really hope you do. And I was, it was just funny to me because we often have this kind of relationship. I think all of us had this relationship. I definitely do with Nathan where I recommend something and it means instantly that person won't play it. Like, Rob, oh, you've got to play Elden Ring. I don't think I will. You've got to play it. Like, no, I've just finished Bloodborne. It's hard. I was like, Rob, please. And then like, at some point, your curiosity peaks and you played it and you were like, oh my God, I've been playing it so good. And I was so excited. So I do hope that you go back. I think my, I don't know, I actually, I've got a terrible pile of shame. Oh, I think we all okay, do. We're talking about games. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <gasps> um, and I, I, so it's, I, it's actually quite hard to pick. But one I, one, I think, one game that I've only played on the channel and I only played it very briefly um, and I would, I wish I had just seen it through. After that, is Bioshock. I've never played Bioshock. What? Wow. What? Uh, I don't know if that counts as quitting because I just started it. Oh. There was like, I think there was like a hiss there. Someone was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Come on, get that man the off audience. the stage. This is disgusting." But Davey. like, yeah, I know. I Dave, that's embarrassing to admit on stage. All oh, right, I thought this was like a thanks safe sharing question. space. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Thank Tom. You. This is great. 
Ash, what have you quit that you've regretted? I'm not a quitter. I'm not. Oh, for God's sake. I'm not a quitter. You've seen the amount of horror games I've finished that I should not have. (laughs) I do admire your, like, your perseverance with things. Like, you just don't, you're like, uh, you just keep punching and punching and punching until you break through whatever barrier. I am incredibly annoying. It's true. And (laughs) in real life and when it comes to games, I don't let go. Um, Elden Ring's the only one that I haven't gone back to, but I know I will at some point. Like, it's just. I got to the Altus Plateau and then I'm like, oh, there's so much more world to see. I'm going to go look at something else for a while. Um, and then it's been months. So it would be good. It'd be good to do it on the channel as well. That's kind of what I want to do. I want to go back into Elden Ring on the channel, especially now everyone's had a chance to explore it and can just tell me what to do. What's <laughs> <laughs> um, happening here? Yeah. So Elden Ring's definitely the, the main one that stands out for me. There's definitely another that's on like the tip of my brain tongue but I can't remember what it is so Elden Ring's going to have to be the let us know if it comes to you later let us know you can jump back with by the way but I haven't finished this (laughs) (laughs) okay thank you very much thank you Tom Wicks have a little clap thank you yeah we have an easier one uh, okay, this is from Louis. It's, is there any games from previous generations of PlayStation that you find yourself coming back to even though newer versions have been released? So this is a rosy question. Yeah. Through, <laughs> through. Like, she she loves this. And I can't believe you asked this when she's not here. Yeah, um, you should do your rosy impression. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, this, this is absolutely a tee-up for that. I can't believe I've actually got to do it now. Um <clears throat> So, Rosie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you want us to have like a conversation? When she's with talking you? about you know games from the past. Yeah, she gets very excited, and she's like, oh, "Retro games!" <laughs> and then she's like, "Oh my god, <laughs> I love Parappa!" <laughs> uh, and that's my Rosie impression. It's my very best impression. It's actually really good. Thank yeah, you. That is great. It is good. It is good. Like, that is the rosy, like, the yeah. voice that she does. Yeah. And then the impression of you is, oh, <laughs> I'm Rob Pearson <laughs> from the deep. <laughs> I love Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Why are we doing this? <laughs> Why are we doing this? <laughs> this isn't the question. Oh, the question know. is, do you go back to older PlayStation games? Yes. And I feel like playing The Last of Us Part 1 is a really great example because I really want to go back and play the first one remastered and then Part 1 and see its progression and its growth and feel all the different parts that come from it as well. Like, I think that, that I want to do that. Um, but I'm always back on the, on the PS2 when I, I've got a little, little free moment. <laughs> Head back there. I, I like the old... The, the golden age of Final Fantasy for me, 7, 8, and 9 mm. on PS1. I didn't know Amazing. you liked Final Fantasy. You've never mentioned this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do. I do really like Final Fantasy. Uh, and those games have all been sort of re-released on PS4. Um, obviously, 7 has a remake now, which mm. is glorious. Um, <laughs> um, there's, like a, there's a PS4 version of Final Fantasy 8 and 9, which are really nice. Um, but there was something about that, that golden age on PS1 for me that was just really magical. So it's like, you know, it's like going back and watching the original theatrical cuts of Lord of the Rings. Like you oh, reliving yeah, that yeah. magical feeling. Not the and there's like a, there's a really famous bit, I don't not famous for people who don't know about it, but in Final Fantasy VIII, where Squall meets Renoa for the first time, and it's like a meme, and she's like, oh, will you dance with me? You're the best looking guy here. And his face is all pixelated in PS1. It looks really <laughs> funny, and he's like... 
<laughs> in, like triangle. On, on PS4, he genuinely looks beautiful. And uh, that scene's just rude for me now. <laughs> I like it when Renoa's like, oh, you're the best looking guy here. And he's just like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I will give the unpopular answer, which is that I... You're just going to go, no. <laughs> uh, I, I like... I like um, I like innovations. <laughs> I like. I love playing retro games, but I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not playing them on my original consoles. My original consoles are lovely to look at, but I, I'm, I can't. I just can't bring myself to fiddle about with wires and, uh, oh. and scart leads. I like on. I like save games. I like the cloud. I like streaming <laughs> my games. I like the, all the retro games are fantastic, but especially if there's you know like a a wonderful remaster. I'm thinking, you know, like um, Shadow of the Colossus or something. I, th like. I think for first experiences, definitely, like I'd want to play the most recent version, but then sometimes I'll want to go back and see where it came from as well. Yeah, no, I completely appreciate that, but as long as I don't have to fill about with a, a wire. Yeah. <laughs> no, I do. I, I'm, yeah, I'm a comfort gamer. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> it I really was an unpopular answer. I thought like someone might be like, "Yeah, me too, man. Fair play." <laughs> but no, it's not the room for that. Everyone, yeah, yeah you got some. Everyone cheers. dislikes that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you so much for that question, Louise. Well, thank you. Oh my goodness, I've picked up the used pile. Ah. <laughs> okay, so we've got another question from Sam Veal. Hello, guys. Welcome back to London. Um, unfortunately, while you've been away, Bath has been overrun by monsters and access you're what? the final defense <laughs> you are the last guard um so my question is uh which monsters from which game would you like to face off against if you are would we like to game? face off against well you are facing off against them you have no choice what which ones would you pick Ah, uh, ah. Uh, Ash, I mean, this is you uh, with Bay. Oh, there's so many. There's so many, but they're all so strong. Like, I keep thinking <laughs> yeah, about... Yeah, I think, like, you know, would you like to face off against? I'd be picking, like, a bite bug from Final Fantasy VIII. I'd love to face off against that. Because you just swat it. And yeah, but would there be loads of them? That's the thing. Would there be many? I don't know. Would there be a swarm? Are there many? Are there a swarm? <laughs> I feel like it's, like, the question of, like, a, a thousand duck-sized bug... Bite bugs. Whatever they are, it's a thousand bed bugs, or like one Bite giant, bugs. <laughs> or one gigantic bed bug, like <laughs> crying out. Do you there. ever wish he'd never started something? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, want to, I don't want to face any monster. I wouldn't like to face any monster. Rob, Rob lives nearby. Yeah, he'll be fine. Yeah, Bath can go. <laughs> I care. What about me, Rob? I'll be there. Help me. <laughs> you were nice to me once. <laughs> well, what, what would you face off against then? Um, well, obviously I wouldn't. But um, well, I thought I thought of something that I can't defeat, uh, which is Mr. X. I thought I'd just keep running away. You want oh, to face Mr. Awesome. X? No, I don't. But I, I don't want to face anything. But I'm just but like. So you choose Mr. X? Well, oh, I didn't know there was a right answer. Oh. They're just the, the like indestructible, towering hunk of muscle. I know, but that's like who in a cannot way, be killed. In a way, who follows you around all sorts of horrific situations. You'd go, go on. Then, if, in a way, this this gives me comfort because it's like I just have to keep running away. I'm not even going to try and face him. Just like just run away, run away. And also, he's only got one speed. Actually, sometimes he can go a little bit faster. But like, if I could, you know, if I could get a car, I could lead him back to London. Okay, <laughs> here. And he can cause some damage here yeah. instead. I think that would that would make sense. 
God. How about you? I mean, you've got the biggest, I think you've got a plethora. Oh, no, you, and you're it's, the most familiar with it's monsters. It's choking me up. It's choking me because I don't know what I would face up against. I don't know what the easiest one would be. Oh, I'm, look, I'm looking at the PlayStation screen to see what I've downloaded. <laughs> I feel like the, the maybe the, the little... <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing at my own mess up there. The, uh, the, the Zerks from Stray. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I was really getting stuck on that. I was going to say the Zorbs, like the, the plastic balls. Um, I would fight a Zorb, but I'd also find, fight the Zerks from Stray because they're so small. They are killer to a cat That's and to true. a robot. And they would melt my flesh, but... I would be fast and quick, and you can just like kick them, can't you? Like, they and the cat look can shake them off. Really kickable, to be fair. Yeah, like I think it would it'd be, be quite fun. Just a squash one. Yeah. Well, let's pray it doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because I, I would like to get home, yeah. and I, I don't want to face Mister Mister. No. Yeah, you've you've done this now. He's chosen Mister. That's the end. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Careful what you wish for. <laughs> 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 thank you so much for your question. Right, I've got another one here. It doesn't have the tick, so I'm going to read it out, which is, who do you think would last the longest in the world of Tulu, a.k.a. The Last of Us, from Lloyd? Out of us? Yeah. I think it's obvious. Who is the last of I, us? It's, it's obvious that I would be the first of us. <laughs> uh, I, see, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think you've got, I think you've, You've put this badge on. Blend like, in. You're like you're just the bait meat. Like you're just mm. like that's that's your whole shtick. But I think I think you're squirrely. I, <laughs> <laughs> what looking? No. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. I'm not. I'm not. I'd be terrified. I don't. I think I. I think I'd just succumb. I think I'd just I'd tap out right away. I'd be like, do you know what? Like, has anyone got any spores? Let's go. Let's breathe <laughs> it in. Let's get it over and done with. Um, I think, am I get? Well, I don't know why I'm saying what I think. I think that Rob, I think I would survive the longest. Right, okay. I could, right. See, Rob it, just I thinks, could see it in your face. Rob yeah. just thinks he would. I would. Oh, you just would. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think I would survive the longest. Well, let's find out, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. Uh, I think you would also survive the longest. Yeah, I think really? I would do something very stupid. I don't know what or in what way. I just know it would be a bad decision. I think you would just be like. That's it. I feel like you'd make a really loud noise at a time when you weren't supposed to make a loud noise, yeah. just like for the hell of it. You'd just be like, oh, and you'd be like, oh no. Well, I've uh, alerted I'd, I'd them be out with Rosie and Rosie would be there going, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So yeah. I guess it, I guess it would be you, Rob. Although also I do remember us playing Alien Isolation and at, at E3, a yeah. kind of early demo of it, and you being so terrified mm -hmm. of the game that you did just stand up. And wait, as in in the game, just stood up so the the xenomorph could take just, me, xenomorph. Yeah, it could just come and kill but you. So I think we're you not know. talking about the world of alien isolation. We're talking about the world of Last <laughs> hey, of Us. Sorry, yes, yeah, very good point. Very good point. I don't know the runners though. Runners is runners oh, is God. the whole deal, isn't it? That's the bit that would be sticky. I think a clicker, a bloater, a stalker, a shambler, even. I think I could outpace them all. <laughs> what about a human? Like a bad human? A bad? Oh no. They. I mean, no. yeah. Yeah. No. That's what I would worry about. I've just mostly. got too much trust. I'd be, they'd be like, come over here. We've, we're making loads of meat meals. And I'd be like, <laughs> sure. Actually, if you're falling for meat meals, you really, I mean, maybe maybe you would be the first. And then us. I would be the meat meal. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's what that's would right. happen. Surprise. So Rob lives for no reason other than we would not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for your thank question. You for your thank question. you very much.
we have a sneaky little thing happening, aka we're going to hear from Matthew Gallant. The game director, yes. The game director of The Last of Us Part 1. Yeah, which is really exciting. So, here we go. Okay, we're really happy to be joined now by Matthew Gallant, the game director of The Last of Us Part 1 over at Naughty Dog. Matthew, welcome to the PlayStation Access podcast. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for joining us. Oh, it's great to be here. Thank you so much. The first thing I want to ask you, Matthew, is I'm really interested in your personal journey with The Last of Us. Um, having worked on the original game in 2013 as a, de as a designer, sort of early in your career, and now stepping into the game director role for The Last of Us Part One, like how how has that journey been for you? That must be that must be quite an emotional ride over the last decade. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I I joined Naughty Dog in 2012, and uh, I was a very uh, I was very early in my career. I had shipped one game at a different studio, but I, I was still you know only a couple of years out of university. And so when I came to Naughty Dog, I was just starstruck by everyone around me. Um, they were so experienced and they, they um, everyone I spoke to in every department was just people at the top of their game with their respective disciplines. And uh, it really was very quickly kind of a crash course in, in um, developing games of that level and, and what it took. Um, I was very thankful. Um, I worked quite a bit with uh, the game director of the original game, Bruce Straley, and he, um, the kind of culture he encouraged on the design team was very much um, encouraging people to own what they were working on. He almost had kind of a Socratic method of, of going about it where he was, um, it was like, you're owning this, push this forward, reach out to anyone you need to move this forward, you know, check in with me, review things. But um, it made me feel, even though I was very junior coming onto the team, that I had a lot of ownership, that I had a lot of um, creative input, that I was responsible for kind of moving forward what I was working on. Uh, mostly what I worked on in the original game was actually infected uh, combat encounters and AI and stuff like that. And uh, I worked alongside uh, another combat designer, uh, Benson Russell, who did uh, the human combat. But uh, yeah, kind of from that starting point of, of just um, jumping in with two feet right away onto The Last of Us, kind of as it was already quite far along in production. Um, you know, I, I'm coming up, you know, if you do the math, I said 2012, I'm coming up on about 10 years in Naughty Dog now. And the bulk of my career, the better part of my career here has been um, working on The Last of Us franchise in one form or another. You know, I spent years, uh, I was the lead systems designer in The Last of Us Part Two, And um, when I had you know, when uh, Evan and Neil came to me and I had the opportunity to step into this role on The Last of Us Part One, um, I felt incredibly honored to be have that opportunity. You know, I I, I love this series, I love this franchise, these characters, um, but also a lot of pressure because I know The Last of Us is one of the most beloved games of all time that we have, you know, millions of fans around the world and they they hold in their heart this game the same way I do. You know, everyone kind of has their own perspective on this. And so I always tried to keep that in mind while, while we were making decisions and moving forward on this game. It was like to try and make our love for this game and, uh, you know, everyone on the team, what, what we love about this game and try to honor that and to meet fans um, with kind of the best version of that experience they already love. Amazing. And 
when you stepped into that into that role as, as game director on The Last of Us Part One, you, you mentioned it there that you felt like you felt a pressure because this is such a beloved game. Um, how did you approach that balance, I guess, between preserving what was so special about that original nearly 10 years ago, um, but also potentially putting your own creative stamp on certain elements of the game? Like, like how did you manage that? Um, in general, we tried to hew extremely close to the original vision yeah. of the game. But what that often meant was that um, what was possible on the PlayStation 3 um, was actually somewhat smaller or reduced or, or just like it was as far as could be possible on the original hardware, but the, the actual vision behind it was actually quite a bit larger. Yeah. Um, this can You can see this come through to some extent, um, you know, when we were developing on the PlayStation 3, we were using every inch of performance that we could across, you know, um, GPU, CPU, memory, everything. So there are areas of that game, um, the original game, that are maybe a little more simple in terms of their geometry or their set dressing. That wasn't necessarily, you know, a creative choice. That was just, we can't afford to yeah. go hyper detailed in this area. We have a hyper detailed area afterwards and a hyper detailed yeah. area before, and we have to load that all in memory before you get kind of upstairs into the next room. So uh, there were often trade-offs involved. It was similar for uh, kind of across the board, you know, there were kind of limitations to the fidelity of the characters or the, uh, the animation quality, the number of enemy AI that could be spawned at once, um, the number of dynamic runtime lights that could be running at once. All of these things had hardware limitations when the original game was being developed. And um, we had the opportunity when making this game to kind of reevaluate those decisions. Were they um, intentional creative choices to have a, yeah. an area look a certain way? Or was this motivated more by the limitations of the time? And if it was only the limitations of the time, then we got to go in and um, reconcept, you know, reset dress, come up with new artwork. An example that, that I find very um, illustrates this very well is uh, when you first get to the State House Museum in Boston, there's kind of this lower floor area, these back rooms. And in the original game, they're kind of offices. They're not, they don't really stand out very much. They're, they're kind of office rooms, quite plain. On The Last of Us Part One, we got to go in and um, think harder about just like, what would this room have been? What would the back rooms in a museum be? And in our case, we reset dressed them, reconcepted them as an art restoration station. So you'll see like paintings in the middle of being restored. You'll see uh, kind of the, the colonial busts that they have in storage, you know, in the back rooms, you'll see some of the tools that they might have. And uh, this has just generally been true all across the board, all sorts of areas that we've gotten to dig into that environmental storytelling more. Uh, because we have, you know, just abundance of memory and processing power now, we have the ability to go in and, and really do what I think we would have done back then if we'd had this power, if we'd had this tools, if we had this capability. Uh, being able to go back and have another pass at this um, has been really exciting, particularly because um, it's a lot of the same folks actually <laughs> right. working on this uh, remake that worked on the original game. You know, it's the original art director, EP, that is still here and, and um, he's expressed, you know, how much fun it is for him to be able to revisit some of these decisions, revisit some of these spaces with a decade of hindsight and improvements to craft and improvements to technology. So I would say um, 
when you talked about like the creative stamp or like what we tried to adjust, it really, that was kind of the space we were playing in. Right. If something met the original vision, we wanted to really honor that to anywhere where we felt like the original vision was being constrained by technology. That's where we got to step in and say like, what, what could this be? What could make this even better? What would make this even more detailed and rich? And you may have already answered this question just in your previous uh, answer there uh, with with uh, the Boston offices that you mentioned. But um, having played the game myself for, for a little while, um, obviously there's there's the visual upgrade, which is immediately striking. As soon as I stepped outside, like the, the richness and the vibrancy of the foliage and just the detail on everything was like amazing. And um, I think it's going to be obvious for people who play it when they see the the improvement just in the facial animation as well um but i wanted to ask you is is there anything that maybe people might not necessarily notice but that you know is there that simply you know is there a specific scene or a specific level that you think has really benefited hugely from the leap from ps3 uh to to the ps5 technology now something that the audience may not necessarily notice is there, but you as a person who's been involved in the development of these games is like really excited about it. Like, this is cool. This is what you should be thinking about. Uh, I'll actually give an answer kind of drawing from my background in AI right. and NBCs and stuff like that. I actually find across the board, uh, the buddies that you're traveling with through the game have been upgraded in so many dimensions. There's kind of the obvious one, I don't want to downplay because it's incredible, but like just like the improved um, facial performances in these cinematics, how real they feel, yeah. you really getting that layer of emotion. But even outside of the cinematics, um, you know, in the years since the original game, we've really advanced our technology for just like ambient buddy behavior. Mm -hmm. If you're just walking through a space, what are they doing? They're checking things out. They're walking around. They're exploring. Uh, we have these systems, you know, uh, uh, we have this motion matching system that gives them a more organic looking animation set, but also we have um, these things called move performances that are kind of like if an NPC wants to move from one point to another and they have an opportunity to do kind of like a half turn behind them and to look at something or to look out into an open space. We have all this logic that can kind of detect that and give them these little organic performances. Um, the one that I notice a lot when I play the game as well is that we have this uh, system called uh, emotion scripting now. And what it means is that we have these kind of um, this set of facial expressions that a character can go through as they're saying a conversation. And it can be dynamic. It can be on one line, they're happy on one line, they're frustrated or jokey. And so um, in The Last of Us, there's a lot of kind of ambient conversations happening all the time. You can go up to things and, you know, a character will say a prompt and you can press triangle to engage a, a dynamic optional conversation with them. And if you just stop and watch those characters as they're delivering those lines, the little nuances, the little like arms folded gestures or the, the changes in their face as they're saying different lines, um, all of this really brings these characters to life for me. And this is in general, one of the things I really love about The Last of Us is that you're on this journey with these companions and you're getting to know them and you're getting to learn about their history and their, um, you know, who they are as people and who they are as characters. And that's so much richer now with this, um, just improvements across the board on the AI, on the facial, on the animations and in the cinematics. Fantastic. Uh, 
one of the ways, well, certainly in many ways, The Last of Us Part Two, when it was released, sort of broke broke a lot of new ground. But one of the things that I think really stood out um, was the in, the incredible range of accessibility options in the game, um, which obviously when the original Last of Us came out in 2013, um, you know, it's a massive improvement on what, what was possible then. And now those options have, have carried over to The Last of Us Part One. So for you personally, how exciting is it to know that that you know that that half of the story the part one of the story is is now going to be accessible to so many more players that must be really exciting absolutely um you know i can say personally nothing makes me prouder as, as a game developer than hearing some of the stories from players i've heard of, of how thrilled they were to be able to play this game or to share the game with a loved one or to be able to reconnect with a hobby that they thought they'd lost uh, due to um, you know, disability or, or life circumstances or whatever. Um, one of the funny things about The Last of Us Part Two having all these accessibility options, that meant for a lot of players, they were kind of starting this series halfway in. They were yeah. walking into the story midway and they didn't have this history with these characters. They didn't really know who Joel and Ellie were because they the first game hadn't been accessible to them in that yeah. way. So I'm really excited that players will now get to experience the full you know, two-part story um, back to back, seamlessly having that accessibility support. Um, we also have a number of new accessibility features that are really exciting. Uh, one of the ones that um, um, very interesting from my perspective is that we have uh, descriptive audio for cinematics. So this is a, a feature that you often see in television and film uh, where um, basically someone has gone through and inserted little descriptions of what's happening in the scene and had to do so very artfully kind of in the breaks between the dialogue and to try and, you know, fit in as, as terse a description as possible. <laughs> In that little gap, and um, we we partnered with a, a, a company called Descriptive Video Works, and they do um, they do this service for you know, Netflix and and game trailers and stuff like this. Um, but uh, we've integrated this into the game, and I think this is going to be really exciting. It's one of the um, feedback that we got from the original accessibility set on The Last of Us Part Two was that it opened up the gameplay, but there were still a lot of moments within the story beats that. It was difficult to kind of convey if you didn't, yeah. if you, uh, without sight, if you're not seeing what's happening on the screen, you don't know the spatial relationship between the characters or that one character is aiming a gun at another one or that sort of thing. Um, another feature that um, I find very interesting, just in the accessibility space, is uh, we've gotten to leverage some interesting stuff on the DualSense controller. And one of the features that was a little bit um, experimental, but that we, we, we um, pursued and, and managed to ship on this game uh, was this feature called uh, Dialogue Haptics. And this feature, what it does is that it basically plays the dialogue through um, the, the haptic vibrations on the controller. And the idea here is to, uh, for a, a player who's deaf, that they'd be able to feel the way that the line was delivered and kind of get a sense of where the emphasis was wow. and what the emotion behind it was. Um, I'm very curious to see what the feedback will be from players in our kind of limited uh, user experience testing. We, we got some positive feedback, but really, really interested on the, um, get a sense of the reaction from the community on that one. But I, I found that a very um, interesting and fun way to be able to leverage this new hardware. That sounds fantastic. Um, for people who, who are already 
incredibly familiar with with the last of us um and i imagine a lot of the people listening to this podcast a lot of the fans of of playstation access are is often regard listed as one of their favorite games of all time um for people who have played this game lots what do you think is going to surprise them the most about the last of us part one um so i have a couple answers here i don't know if that's shitting (laughs) (laughs) the 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 biggest one to me is the um is, is, is that, is those cinematics, is those performances. Um, one of the things that's happened is uh, the animation team, the cinematic animation team has gone back and referenced the original motion capture performance, the original actor performances with Troy and Ashley and everyone else on, on the cast, and to be able to much more closely match the facial, the eyes, the very subtle details from that performance in the uh, in-game animation. And what I find that often means in terms of storytelling is that there's often um, just layers to these performance. A character is saying one thing and feeling another thing, or they're reacting one way, but you know there's an emotional subtext that is motivating. You know, it's it's Joel being gruff, but inside he's scared or sad or or afraid to be hurt again, that sort of thing. Um, those layers of that performance come through much more strongly now with these uh, improved character models and improved facial animations, improved cinematic performances. And um, I think anyone who knows kind of the overall arc of the story is well familiar with the events that happen in the game. They're going to be able to catch that, that uh, there's just layers of that performance, what's getting um, the the rich interior life of the characters. Another one I'll mention, just because again, coming from from my own background a little more, is um, the uh, the way that the combat scripting was done in many of these encounters. Um, our technology for that has just evolved quite a bit. Um, it used to be that if you wanted to make encounters play out a certain way, you had to do a ton of just hand scripting of just if the player goes here, do this. If the player goes here, do that, and you really had to tightly hand control it just because there was no alternative. That was the technology we had at the time. We were also acting around the limitation of uh, we could only have eight NPCs alive at the same time. Right. So a lot of these fights effectively have way more than eight NPCs. You know, I I think of the uh, the bookstore fight in Pittsburgh. I think that has over a dozen NPCs uh, effectively across the whole fight, but only a small subset of them could be spawned at the same time. Right. And so in the PlayStation 3, if you're going through that fight, we're just desperately despawning NPCs behind you, spawning NPCs in front of you, just trying to maintain that illusion of a much larger fight because of the technology limitations at the time. Uh, We didn't have to have that technology limitation on The Last of Us Part One. And what that means is that the AI are uh, more free to just engage in their systemic behaviors and fight you wherever you happen to move. We also just have better, uh, more flexible combat scripting logic that basically doesn't depend on that hand scripting of of exactly when you go here they have to respond this way exactly when you go to here they go to respond that way it can be much more dynamic it can be um uh here's a strong position and if an abc was to hold this they would be very well defended and cover from various directions but um there's an a, kind of a ai manager that's going to be selecting okay you go fight here you go fight here you defend here you go flank the player and having um all that dynamic uh AI logic, I think it's going to make these fights a lot more rich. Every time you fight them, they're going to be playing a little differently. You're going to see different interactions. You're hopefully going to be surprised by the NPCs and what they do. You're going to be able to um, 
you know, play with their knowledge model and throw a brick over there and actually flank them over here, all that kind of things. Um, I, I, I'm really excited to see how players find new ways to play through these encounters and hopefully find something new every time they play them. Sounds fantastic. Uh, my final question, Matthew, um, the last of us for, for all of its ingredients is, is a very, at its core, a very human story and sort of like the emotional responses you, that you have to the game, certainly for me, um, happen on a very sort of human level. Um, but I was just interested in, in, in your take trying to distance yourself from the, the fact that you've been involved in the, in the creation of these two games as a fan, have you found that in in the 10 year period between the last of us or nearly the 10 year period between the last of us and the last of us part one if there has been any sort of change in your emotional response to the game or, or something that you something that's elicited an emotional response in you now that maybe hadn't 10 years ago i'm really sort of interested in that sort of like decade long journey and, and how how we change over 10 years and, and if your response to the game has changed as well so uh, in the 10 years since the original uh, game came out, I've actually become a father and I, I right. have a young daughter. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's, it's kind of an easy answer here, but um, certainly makes my understanding of Joel much different. You yeah. know, the, the opening scene with Sarah is just devastating now. Mm. And um, trying to, you know, it, 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 it's, it's kind of like a different level of empathy. There's one level of empathy. You can obviously understand human suffering and grief on one level, but when you can really connect to it personally through your own life, uh, it, it hits you very differently. And it also, um, my, my relationship maybe to Joel's decision at the end of the game is very different as well. I, I, I understood it one way back then and I can, not that I condone it or accept it or say you made the right call, but that like my understanding of what would motivate someone to go to such extremes to protect someone they love, to protect themselves from yeah. grief and hurt and pain, why being a parent makes you a little bit crazy and, and, and can make you connect things that seem crazy possible to consider. Um, I would hope it would be the same for many fans out there that it's um, this is a rich story, has a lot of nuance, it has a lot of characters, it has a lot of humanity. And I think a lot of these moments like this will hit very differently for people who find themselves in a completely different situation and yeah. circumstances in their life. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I find the same is true for many um, media, books, TV shows, movies that I love that I can revisit them at a different stage in life and get something completely different out of them. And I, I would hope um, fans out there find the same for The Last of Us Part 1. I'm sure, I'm sure they will. Uh, Matthew, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Thank you again so much for your time. And congratulations on The Last of Us Part 1. It looks and plays absolutely incredibly. I, I can't wait to really get stuck in, and I'm sure our audience would agree with me. So thank you once again, Matthew. Really appreciate Thanks your so much, time. Thanks so much, Rob. It's great talking to you as well. This is Before We Go. So usually here, Before We Go is a section where we talk about like films, TV, stuff outside of games that we are enjoying 
that, you know, might not be related to what we're talking about. But this time, it's the Last of Us Part 1 special at the PlayStation Access Live podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I figured the before we go bit should be a quiz. Oh. It's three questions I've, I've devised um, that are quite hard. I don't expect you to get them. If you do, I think it's good. I don't expect <laughs> you to get them. Uh, it's just three questions. Just a quick little before we go quiz. About The Last of Us? About The Last of Us Part 1. Okay. Uh, so. I feel stressed again, Rob. Yeah. 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 Rob's already read the questions. He was looking through our notes earlier. Doesn't know the answers, though. Uh, not on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I did ask if you wanted to read. Well... I thought hit us with these questions. You just get on with it. Right. Okay. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> what is... I'm thinking of like the, the uh, you know, millionaire music. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, <laughs> yes. What is Sarah's implied favourite band? The one she wears on a T-shirt and has a giant poster of in her room. <laughs> Don't rub it in. It's got a massive, te- a massive poster. I mean, Rob obviously has poured over the details of this bedroom. Uh, so Rob was in that uh, beanbag. Sure. He wasn't looking at the posters. I have only got eyes for the beanbag. It's true. Uh, I've got no idea. I've got no idea. Um, she's wearing a t-shirt of yeah, them. She's wearing and the t-shirt as well. Yeah, and, and a, a poster. Is it a real? Big. Is it a real band no. or a made-up band? It's a Last of Us band. No, is it no to both? I don't know. I'd be interested to know if anyone in the audience knows the answer. The audience answer. are going to know. Do you think? I know. I think it begins with T. I had a go. <laughs> <laughs> one, in, one in 26. Audience. Does anybody know? Does anybody know? Shout it out if you do. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> knows. It makes me feel a lot better. Ah! Right. It's Halcyon or Halcyon. I don't know. Halcyon, yeah. Halcyon, Halcyon drops. Halcyon drops. Okay. <laughs> Halcyon drops. There we go. Wow. Okay. Well, now you know. <laughs> Halcyon, everyone knows Halcyon, right? Obviously. <laughs> Every day, I use that twice yeah. a day at least. <laughs> Hal, Halcyon, I don't know. It's, it's spelled hey, hey, hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's that, anyway. Trust me, it's ha- why is no one believing me? It's Halcyon. Okay, so, <laughs> well, that's the word, yeah, it's Halcyon. After round one, the scores are zero, zero. Zero. And, and zero. zero. Come on, like, yeah. <laughs> You got thrown under the bus. <laughs> zero, 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 zero. Um, so, number two, get a ball. I don't say that. Get a ball. <laughs> get, get a ball. ball. If you guys have been playing the beginning, get a ball. So, oh. which you have been, but it's just whether you listened. So, <laughs> <laughs> how old does Ellie say her bite wound is? At the oh, start of the game? I've got two. I've got two amounts of time in my head. Yeah. Well, I didn't write the answer down, so it's whatever I'm feeling. <laughs> <laughs> do you actually know the answer? Yeah, I've got, I've got an answer. <laughs> so you don't even know if it's the I right do, one? I do, because I listened, so I know. Where are you at, Rob? What kind of time period do you think? I've got to... Like, I've got past this bit, so I should know it, but yeah. I've not been paying attention. So no, no answer? You've got to have a guess. You've got to have a guess. Three years. Okay. Okay, it's like... Two weeks or ten days. I'm way out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> way out. Yeah. I mean, that would be super impressive. We should have had this uh, three years. Audience? I think, I think uh, can I, I'm going to say two weeks. Okay, two weeks. And we've heard, I've, got, I've heard a month, I've heard three weeks a few times. Three weeks. Three weeks. Three weeks. Any other times? 
It's, it's three weeks. It's three weeks. Is it three weeks? I got the three, right? You did get the three. Did I get half a point? No. <laughs> no. Okay. So at the end I of I felt round, really confident about two weeks as well. Oh. Well, two weeks was close. It was close. But it was wrong. No cigar. At the end of round two, the scores are zero, zero, one. <laughs> well done, audience. To the audience. Well played. Well played. Okay, this one. So I thought this was an interesting question because it isn't actually like canonized in The Last of Us earlier games. It's only in Last of Us Part 2 that it becomes real, but you should know about it from outer influence. <laughs> like why we, have you stopped telling me why I should know things? Like it's like, <laughs> I think it was in the Japanese manual, so... Oh, well, <laughs> we've all read that. What's Joel's surname? Oh, that's a good one. I, that's a good one. I'm going to have a guess. Is it... Yeah, you thought you thought you thought you had something for this. Is it Joel Miller? What do you think, Dave? I think if it's not Joel Miller, it should be. He looks like a Joel Miller. That's a great. Chance. <laughs> uh, I th- thought it was something like quite. I don't know how to say this without offending anyone whose surname this might be. In the, like quite straightforward, like a, yeah. and so I thought it was something like really like one syllable, like Brown, like Joel Brown. Yeah. I think it's not Joel Brown. That's what I'm going for people the others. Joel Brown, Joel Miller. Yeah. We're okay. in the ballpark. We're so in the ball- Joel yeah. Brown, jo- Joel Miller. Yeah. yeah. Audience? Miller. Yeah, it's Miller. You yeah. Miller. Right. Yes. yes. Right. So at the end of round three, which is the final round, yeah. we've got zero, one, and the audience takes it with two. So <laughs> yeah. well done, guys. Right. <laughs> well played. Right. That is the end of the PlayStation Access Live podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we did it, everyone. We did it. We've gotten through. I hope you have had the best time hanging out with us, chatting about The Last of Us Part 1. I hope you've enjoyed the game, and I hope you enjoy it when it comes out on the 2nd of September, a.k.a. this Friday. Thank you so, so, so much for joining us. It has been lovely chatting to you all. It's like seeing your little faces in the crowd. It's so, like, surreal. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you again to PlayStation and to Naughty Dog for such an incredible event. And thank you guys for letting me waffle on. I think, I think Ash deserves a round of applause for doing such an amazing thing. Thanks, guys. Thanks, but no, you. (laughs) No, it's been it's been really lovely. So thank you so so much. Um, If you didn't know, PlayStation Access is a YouTube channel, Uh, and we are around. I've literally written it down just in case I forget the days that we're on. It's every day, Uh, but Monday and Thursday we stream. There's store updates. There's previews. There's all sorts of fun stuff. There's there's loads to keep up with over there as well. But for now, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you again soon. We'll be around afterwards a bit as well. Good night. Bye. (laughs) Thank you. We should stand. (laughs) 